Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast, the official podcast of FilmPulse.net. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode number 170. My name is Adam Patterson, and with me today we have Kevin Rakestraw. How are you doing, Kevin? Fantastic. This week we'll be talking about our summer movie predictions, and we have a special guest with us today, co-host of Ryan Watches the Movie. We have Mr. Ryan Holes. How are you? Pretty tired. Pretty tired. Jeez. Second day in a row. It's different. I've never heard that. Yeah. Hmm. I know we're a little bit late on our predictions, but whatever. We're going to do it anyway because we do it every year. This is our fourth year doing this. I know, and I think everyone waits with bated breath to see what we have to say. Yeah. Our predictions and whatnot. It's fun. I like doing it. I I'll also be wait. going. I don't know what I'm talking about. So. Me either. Let's let's do it. <laughs> I don't think I know either. Well, it's all just a complete guessing game. You can make educated guesses, but the the results are always nothing like what you would expect. I think that's kind of the fun the fun of it to see how it all turns out. Uh, of course, we'll be going over this week's movie predictions, new on video on demand, DVD and Blu-ray releases. We'll also be doing some what we'll be watching in there as well. Remember, you can send us your questions to podcast.filmpulse.net. And be sure to take a look at our Patreon page at patreon.com slash filmpulse and consider contributing to the show, helping support what we do here. Uh, let's just go ahead and get right into the predictions. So if you if this is the first time you've listened to a, a prediction episode, what we do is we tally all of these up. And then at the end of the summer, we'll we'll score them. And there's a we use the um, time travel reviews scoring system. Slash Film also does the same scoring system where you get like ten points if you have number one or number ten right, and then th- was it like three points getting each one correct in the right spot, and then you get like one point if it's one off or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember the exact scoring, but we'll have it all figured out by the end of the summer. We'll get it. We'll figure it out. This goes from... Uh, we use Box Office Mojo to calculate all of the the dates and the, the numbers. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. goes from the first Friday in May through Labor Day weekend. So, again, we are a little bit late with these predictions, but I, I think just, it'll still... I really hope that the 10 I picked fall within that time frame. They should. Okay. You should. Uh, do you want to start with, uh, let's just start with no, our number 10s. Ryan, we'll just jump in with you. What do you have for your number 10 pick? Vacation. Vacation, okay. Oh. R-rated comedy. Normally there is an R-rated comedy somewhere on the list. Oh, boy. Um, I'm, have you guys seen the new trailer, the Green the green Band trailer for this? No. Because it's really funny. I, I saw Are it twice. You, really? Yeah, it is genuinely funny. Uh oh. The the red band trailer, the restricted one that came out first, not funny. Okay. Not into it. Alright. But this new trailer, very funny. Okay. So I'm actually starting to get a little bit excited for vacation. Oh boy. Look at you. What's your You're number not ten? Excited? No. My number ten is Terminator Genesis. Oh. My yeah. number ten is my number ten is Entourage for some reason. Well, who knows? Who knows what could happen with that one? It is currently number ten right now. See on the list, so there you go. All right, Ryan, what's your number nine? 
Magic Mike XXL. Magic uh, Mike XXL. Ooh. That could that could be a contender for sure. Didn't make it on my list, but I could definitely see that one breaking the top ten. Kevin, what do you have for number nine? I have the 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 Terminator Genesis with okay. a Y. Term- Genesis. Genesis. I'm slightly interested in that one, but I just after the last two didn't do very well. I, I just well, I can't imagine you, that it's. I think you already see seen what you need to see is that Schwarzenegger is like, "I'll be back," and then just dives headfirst into a helicopter. Yeah. Like, what <laughs> more do? You, what else do you need to see from that? He dive bombs into a helicopter think- and blows it up. The thing about that one that in, that has me kind of excited is that it looks it just I'm, obviously I've only seen the trailers, but it looks more like Terminator One or Two. You know, it, it doesn't look the same as Three or Four, or however many. I guess there's four of them total. It just it, it looks different than those. It looks like it goes back to more just straight up action and guns and explosions. And I'm more excited about that. I think. Yeah. What they're doing yeah. with the whole timeline where they're, like, switching everything up and, like, making everything way, way, way more complicated. I, I kind of like that, what they're doing with it. It's kind of clever. Hmm. My number nine is Mad Max Fury Road. Whoa. I, I'm hoping that that's going to do, do well. I, th- I hope that it's... Because I think that with that one, people seem to be seeing it multiple times. Like, people... People that go see it like it enough to see it again. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really hoping that that helps push it up. Because I want that movie to succeed. Out of all of these on this list, on my list, I want that one to succeed the most. Gotcha. I would agree. Ryan, what do you have for your number eight? Spy. Spy? Spy. I don't know, I I don't know if, that's R, if that's an R-rated comedy or PG-13. But. I kind of forgot about that movie. Hmm. Melissa McCarthy always she always brings brings the high numbers in, so I could totally see that being a success. Plus, it has a ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow! So critics are lauding it. Oh boy! Uh, Kevin, what do you have for number eight? Number eight, I have uh, Pixels. Pixels. Okay. Pixels. Our our lists are very different this year, but I can totally see any of these cracking the top 10 i should mention that this is grossing top 10 grossing. i don't know if we mentioned that that these are picks for highest grossing movies of the summer my number eight is pitch perfect two wow hang on there that made ryan choke (laughs) he's completely blown away by your choice yeah i had a hard time with these like the bottom of my list and i I consider putting Spy on there, Pixels too. I think that that could be good. But I, I think people are getting wary of Adam Sandler stuff. Nope. That guy just makes money fist over fist. Even with the dumbest shit, shit in the world. Just I'll probably check out Pixels. Yeah, <laughs> I like, well, the, plus sh- you have I like that the short added, film. Yeah, you have that added bit to it. I'll go see it for Peter Dinklage and Josh Gad. I like both of them. All right, number seven. Ryan, what do you have? Ted, uh... Oh my goodness. That's my also, seven. That's also my seven. Holy shit. Trip sevens. Ted two. Tri- triple sevens on Ted two. Wow. Trifecta. That's another 
that's another one where I just I saw a new they released a new trailer for that this week and I thought that it was a lot funnier than the first trailer. Is it a Green Band trailer? Uh no, it's another restricted trailer. Uh, I, think. I think it would be funny if it was a Green Band and that you're slowly just becoming this like old man <laughs> that, likes his like, com- that likes his that yeah. comedy clean. Family I like friendly. My, I like the family friendly stuff. No, it's a restricted trailer. I didn't post it on the site because it's just, I don't know. It's, there's no point. You just didn't have time. I don't like just posting every trailer a movie. Because sometimes movies have like 10 trailers. And it's like, I'm not posting every single one of those. Ryan, what's your number six? Ant-Man. Ant-Man? Okay. Ant-Man at six. Oh. Mine's, I have that on my list. It's a bit higher. I, was, I thought about going Ant-Man at six. What do you have? At six, I have Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. I hope you're right on that one. I have Mission Impossible Rogue Nation as my number six. I'm pretty excited about Mission Impossible, actually. It looks pretty badass. That also got a second trailer that looks really cool. All right, number five. Ryan, what do you got for number five? Mission Impossible. Okay. Oh, that's a movie. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Ryan, I forgot about that one. Forgot about the old MI. Yeah. M-I-R-N, as I like to call it. Is that what it's called? That's what I'm calling it. Mern. 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 Kevin, what do you have for number five? Ant-Man. He's he's an ant. He's an ant, but also a man. So it's you would say that best he is an ant-man. He is of, indeed an ant-man. Best of both worlds. Ants and men. There you together go. At, together at last. <laughs> at long last. Man has always wanted to become one with the ant. <laughs> and finally... <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. Uh, my number five is Inside Out, the new Pixar one. Oh, that's a terrible choice. I I don't know about that. I'm just gonna start shit talking all your lists. Just a heads up to both of you. You you can go ahead and do that. So when I win, it's gonna be well. We already all know that you're gonna, sweeter. We already know that you're going to win because you win all of them. I didn't win that one year. Really? Who won that one year? You did. Oh. Nice. Not me, I'm with Deborah. Yeah, so I'm definitely shit talking to you. Okay. So just number ta- four. Take it. What do you have for number four, Ryan? Inside out. Inside out? Okay. Another terrible choice. Kevin, I, what do you have for number four? I have pitch perfect too. Wow. Number four, okay. You got a lot of confidence in that one. I do. I do. I have Ant Man for number four. Damn. I should have so, opened Ant Man at four. So Ryan, Ryan and I had our four, four and fives switched. I think I think you guys just made the same list. Mm, no, not quite. Not quite. All right. Number three, top three. Here we go. Uh-oh. Ryan, what do you have? Minions. Whoa, whoa, that's a dark horse pick. Kevin, what do you have for I number have, three? I have Inside Out. Okay, I have Jurassic World for my number three. Oh my goodness, I can see that one. The, yeah. the Minions pick though. That's oh, just some, wait. That's something. Just wait. Oh shit! Well, Are you kidding? Let's me? just let's transition that into number two because I have minions at oh my, my number God. two. I should have been taking minions. I have Jurassic World. You telling me I should have been taking minions seriously? <laughs> As from a numbers perspective, I think minions is gonna kill. Oh my God! I didn't even I didn't even think about minions to be honest. I saw it on the list and I was like, no, that's not happening. Damn it. Well, it's not happening for any of us, because that that movie looks like the most annoying 
You couldn't pay me to go see that no. movie. No. But no. the kids all the first one. Kids love those minions. They think that they're the fucking funniest things ever. Well, kids which are I don't even kind get. of stupid. Uh, my number two is Jurassic World as well. Okay. Uh, I'm assuming that we all have the same number one. Trip Avengers. ones? Trip ones? Double trifectas. I think this is one of these years where uh, usually there's one or two you could go with for number one, but this year seems pretty obvious that Avengers is going to tip cake. I'm just imagining, because we said that and we just kind of glossed over it. Glossed over it that that Ryan has. Ryan's like backspace, backspace, backspace. He's typing in Avengers. (laughs) Because he had Entourage as number one. (laughs) What if I put Fantastic Four there? No, what? Just kidding. I have yeah, you have Fantastic Four. It's locked in. Oh yeah, I, I forgot. Kind of forgot about Fantastic Four. That was gonna be my number ten. But I just don't I think just anyone said, cares about Fantastic Four. It's it, it. I feel like it's not getting a lot of hype. Like the like the hype just isn't really behind it. Plus, I just I I don't think it's one of those franchises that people really get excited about no no i don't think so even even though it's a superhero franchise i think that i just don't i think that ant-man has potential because it's marvel studios and it's paul rudd and it's a comedy it's marvel let's just be honest it could just be you could just name a marvel movie and it could be a superhero no one's ever heard of just because it's marvel people will go see it yeah i will i will yeah. Certainly, because they, because they've proven themselves to me. Like I, I never liked Thor, never liked Captain America, never liked Iron Man. I never read any Guardians of the Galaxy comics ever because I never liked the the space stuff in Marvel in the Marvel universe, and I liked all of those. So, yeah, they've proven themselves. Ant Man, sure, I'll go see it. I'm a, I'm a little disappointed that the whole Edgar Wright thing happened where he's you know didn't end up directing it but yeah what are you gonna do i think it'll still turn out fine so maybe there you have it i think that uh it's anybody's game at this point there usually there'll be some picks where the movie hasn't won't come out or ryan ryan a couple times you picked movies that (laughs) didn't come out even in that year i like when that happens but I think this year could be. What do you think about uh, Magic Mike, Kevin? Do you think that that has potential? I don't think so. I think it'll it'll you know it'll be from the maybe ten to fifteen range. It'll fall somewhere in there, but I don't. I think, think it's yeah, gonna crack I, the top ten. I think with the new Magic Mike, it's like okay, we did this once, we're good, you know. And the fact that it doesn't look nearly as good as the first one. I mean, Soderbergh's not on in, on board with it or involved with it, so. I think it'll make money just because there's no other movie that girls can be like, oh, hey, I'm going to go see this with my friend. What are you talking about? There's Chocolate well, City. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there is Chocolate City. There's Pitch City, Perfect man. 2. I'd say that Pitch Perfect 2 is uh, a movie that a lot of girls would like. But I mean, like, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey 
like that type of movie. Yeah, but I don't know if that just that immediately guarantees a you know blockbuster. I think it'll do fine. I just I don't I don't know if it's gonna break the top ten. Also, also Entourage, I'm not sure about that one, Kevin. Yeah, I'm not sure about it either. But I put it there. I have to live with it, okay? (laughs) Well, at any rate, Aloha is currently the eighth highest grossing film in the summer. I know, which is just... That's... I can't believe that. And Hot Hot Pursuit is number seven, and that got like a 1% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Wow. In fact, when you look at the top ten right now, as as we're recording this, it's pretty pathetic. Yes. Like, it's a, Avengers, Pitch Perfect 2, Mad Max. Those are all fine. San Andreas is number four. And, and Tomorrowland, Poltergeist, Hot Pursuit, Aloha. Mm. Far from the maddening crowd. Can't believe that's even... Can't believe that's in there. I like those period pieces, I guess. Did that even get a wide release? Far from the maddening crowd? Uh... I don't know if it did or not. Doesn't seem like one that would. No. Hmm. And then Perhaps. Entourage is number 10. So we will come back. We will follow up um, after Labor Day and see how the results turned out and see how horrible at, we all did. At which point we will crown me as the I'm newest victor. Even if I'm you did win, even if you did win this year, you, you're still not winning overall sure well sure. ryan you'll come in third like don't worry true like well, i think true aioli a what spoken like a true ale oh i got you uh ryan i think that your list this year is probably better than than your other years that's what you most said last year and i didn't we're just trying to be positive we're trying to be good friends but yeah, I thought your, I thought your list last year was fine, too. Gabriel. Are you digging? Remember, I don't cry. Okay. That's right, Emotionless Ryan. <laughs> That's your new nickname. Uh, Actually, it has me kind of wondering if you're, like, you know, a psychopath where you, you don't feel emotion. He was just... I the, feel it. I just want to express them. You He's, bottle it up. You bottle it up and push it down inside. <laughs> Uh, that's true. Right. funny, but it is. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show, Ryan. Uh, we will have you back at the end of the summer and see how the results turned out. You're my favorite person, Ryan. I'm Your list allowed, is shit, but I'm not allowed back until the end of summer. Nope. Right. Nope. You're not allowed to back. You're not allowed to b- back on this show. You have your own show, so yeah. fuck off to your own show. Exactly. I guess. Dick, how many shows do you want? Honestly. I'm going to be the king of podcasts. Jesus. That's wrong, man. You're so selfish. It's ridiculous. Ryan, king of podcasts, holes. <laughs> Goddamn, man. I would like that to happen. I would like that to be a thing. He's crowned the king of podcasts? Yeah. Well, I can't even fucking win an award over Kevin. Well, no one can. I mean... It's kind of difficult. Uh, but didn't you beat me for that award? I uh, who knows? I think I tied with someone. Didn't I tie with someone? I have no idea. Uh, All right, Ryan. Thanks for coming on the show. We will talk to you 
on Thursday. Alright. See you later. Bye. Yeah. Alright, let's talk about something we're watching. Kevin, we'll start with you. Sure. I watched uh, the the film debut of uh, Alicia Vikander, the actress from uh, Ex Machina, 2009, pure. Pure. Lisa Langseth. And, um, yeah, I can see why people are freaking out about Vikander because she is unbelievable in this movie. It's fairly predictable. Uh, she plays a young woman who, uh, poor family, the mother is terrible person and she kind of gets this break it's kind of ridiculous how she gets this break but she's obsessed with mozart she goes to um uh, a concert at this concert hall real fancy and everything and she ends up catching this break by just breaking into a concert hall and just deciding that yeah she's this person there for a job interview ends up getting a job i don't know how but she pulls it off so it's her you know, kind of being excited and hanging on to this new life that she has and trying to make it work. And then crazy shit happens and it doesn't work. And then she's kind of, uh, it affects her mentally and she holds on to that new life in the most drastic of ways. And I mean, it's okay for what it is. Again, it's kind of predictable. You know where it's going to go. You know how everything that's going to happen. Cinematography wise, there's not much going on here. There's not really a lot of positives to the movie outside of her performance because she is fantastic mm-hmm. and she really sells the, the outlandish moments that happen in here so purely from that standpoint it's like a light recommend just to see how good she is in her she, debut yeah she's really good in ex machina too i mean she plays a robot so she, <laughs> the, <laughs> just stop there dude you got it she plays the a way <laughs> she plays a robot but I think it can be difficult to to have that kind of role where you're not exactly human, but in the movie it's like you're true skirting. AI. Yeah, so. you're skirting one being. Yeah, human. so like she has emotion, but it's kind of muted, and the way that her character changes in that movie, she's got to add different levels of well, that's the emotion, thing. and that's kind of the thing. In pure, it's her character just becomes mentally unhinged towards the end of the movie and if it wasn't for her performance all of it would be pretty damn comical because it gets a bit ridiculous Mm -hmm. but she makes it work with her performance which is very impressive so she's gonna be superstar megastar whatever maybe yeah it's yeah I i could see it happening for sure uh now again this is pure how did you watch this i watched it on festival scope so Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's... Okay. So, uh, all the movies, I'm pretty sure every single movie, except for maybe one that I saw this week... You can't see? Uh, are, you can't see any of them. So, I I apologize in advance su- about this. You're but such a nice guy. Right now, I'm knee-deep in festival stuff. So, uh, I started the week out with All I Need, which is a, a horror movie directed by written and directed by Dylan K. Narang. This is screening it dances with films right now in LA. Uh, it's it's funny because he clearly is trying to do something different with this movie, but it ends up being a very, very generic, typical, boring, dull slasher movie. Basic premise is a girl wakes up, she's tied up in a, in a room, there's other girls 
laying in beds and on the floor around her. It sort of looks like a hotel room, but it's it's not. It's like a house, it's like a shitty looking house. Yeah. And she kind of she doesn't know how she got there. She's not. She doesn't know what's going on. She's just trying to escape from this house before this masked killer comes and randomly kills. I'm already asleep. Another another girl, another woman that's tied up there. It's terribly inconsistent. Like, none of it really makes a lot of sense. Some of the girls laying there are dead. Some of them are just passed out. Some of them are alive. He'll come in and he'll kill somebody and then leave them. But then sometimes he'll kill somebody and take them away. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. just, just terribly inconsistent. But the thing that I think is... Narang was trying to do with this one is he, there's a separate plot line that's happening concurrently where we see this guy who gets this call from this Russian person who asks him to deliver a book for a large sum of money and there's this whole subplot that's happening with this guy making deliveries and following instructions and you're like okay well, what does this have to do with anything and then eventually of course at the very end of the film they they tie the two stories together but it's it's none of it is really explained and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and it's like okay well you need to explain that a little bit better because what you just said is insane and (laughs) but they don't explain it and it's just yeah it, it really misses the mark ernie saw this one too at the festival and he he wasn't on board either i do have a full review for this up on the site I think I gave it a two out of ten. It's uh, yeah, it's just just not not that good. It's called All I Need. It's got a cool poster, but that's really all it's got going for it. Okay, all right. I watched a uh, a fantastic documentary, which is available on Netflix Instant. That is approaching the elephant from Amanda Wilder. Wilder, sorry. And wow, this this is uh. An extremely interesting watch. Uh, it's just a, you know, Ferté, like Frederick Weissman style documentary where she just goes and films these guys attempting to open up a a free school called the Teddy McArdle Free School where it's extremely democratic. You know, the kids and the teachers are on the same level. You call meetings, you bring up whatever you want to, you know, vote on to set rules and outlines and all this and that. And man, it is just, it is thoroughly compelling watching just to watch these adults and kids interact. And they try and, you know, they're trying to be on the same level, you know, treating the kids as equals. Right. And and it's not necessarily a an instance where the kids come up to the adults level. It's more of the kids coming up a little bit and the adults coming way down and meeting somewhere in the middle, which I don't know if that's just done through the editing techniques, but that's the way it comes across. Because how old how old are the kids? They're they're all over the place. Okay. There's young kids. There's there's kids that there's one kid that looks like uh he his name is Giovanni and he's the he's the bad boy. He he's the one causing all kinds of issues which i felt bad because as soon as he popped up on the screen i was like that kid's a little shit i can feel it and it turns out he is and i i kind of wonder like how his parents felt watching this movie if they did because he is not we failed yeah he is not painted in a favorable light um and 
he looks like a little uh, Lawrence Michael Levine. That's what he looks like with the long hair. Nice. That's what he reminded me of the entire time. I'm just like, Lawrence Michael Levine is an asshole. 12-year-old version of him. He just wrecks shit constantly. And it's just, it. you never know where it's going to go. And it, and it's very absurd. Just There's times where you're just yelling at the screen at these adults because what they're trying to do just I don't think should be done. But it's one of those things, too, that you don't know if this, like it could be, uh, you know, a, a great way of running a school. But you're not going to know for, you know, like this school has to be up and running for, you know, years and years. Yeah, and years. yeah like 60, 70 years until you actually realize like, okay, yeah, this is a really good idea. But, you know, this first year, because this just uh, encompasses the first year of their school, which is just them opening up in a church, like a church has allowed them some space to run this school. And it's hmm. just anarchy. And if if you're like me, where you don't want to ever have kids, this is a good reason why. Because I'm just watching these kids and I'm chaos. like, yeah, and I'm just in my head. I'm thinking, nope, 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 mm-mm. Why? Why are you doing this to yourself? It's just, it's something else. I just currently and sits. I think this is like number five on my top uh, 2015 list. It's fantastic. When did it come out? When did it come out? It says 2014 on Letterboxd. Well, I think that was a festival because I know that it was on um, Film Comments list of like un uh, undis- uh, distributed uh, films of the year last year. I think. Hmm. I'm okay. counting this year, so whatever fuck off and that's approaching the elephant currently available on netflix check it out the the only one i saw this week that is available that you can see right now is called we're still here directed by ted jogan 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 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i apologize i don't know how to say his last name it's uh it's a horror movie stars barbara crampton and uh it's man this movie Uh uh-huh it's a haunted house movie. Okay. It takes place in the 80s, uh, and it's about uh, a, an older middle-aged couple who they, they lost their son, and they are moving in. They're kind of getting a fresh start. They're moving into this, this home, and strange things start to happen. And as, uh, as the, the film develops and progresses, they find out that essentially the house is haunted and it needs a family it needs a family to live there and it feeds off of them Ooh, and yeah. if and if if a family is not there and what what it does is it kind of breaks loose and infects the town and starts killing people in the town and so it adds this layer where people in the town know about this thing they know that it it's it exists and that a family needs to be in that ha- house so it's got sort of a, I don't know, maybe like a, a jug face vibe where it's the town knows that these people need to be sacrificed in order to save the town. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is surprisingly good. I had a blast with this movie. I thought that it was like right up there stylistically. It looked like an 80s movie. It felt like an 80s movie. Great, uh, like a great title card sequence. I always... Opening titles are really important to me in movies, especially ones that are going for a throwback vibe. And this this one nailed it. Yeah. Um. I just I had a lot of fun. It was scary. There was a lot of really cool. I mean, there were jump scares in it. Of course, it's a haunted house movie, but the way that they handled it uh, was 
it just it worked. It was really good. And um, I definitely recommend this one. It's available on video on demand now. I think that you would even like it. Ooh. Uh-oh. Yeah. It's it's just a great... This will probably go on my top top horror movie list of the year. And uh, I, okay. I'm actually excited to see it again. I want to watch it again. Oh, boy. Again, it's called We Are Still Here. Okay. I'm going to have to keep an eye out for that one. I always got to check out the horror movies that you think I'll like. I, th- I think you'll like it. I think maybe some of the stuff you might find a little silly, but uh, I think overall you'll probably like it. It's it's a slow burn. It's got kind of a House of the Devil vibe also. Mm, okay, I like the so sound it, of that. It is a bit of a slow burn, but uh, it's faster It's faster paced than House of the Devil for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> I only watched uh, one other thing. And this is also available, Netflix Instant. I, apparently, for some reason, I was all about docs this week. Uh, this is Evolution of a Criminal from Darius Clark Monroe. This is, again, very interesting documentary. Uh, Darius Clark Monroe, the director himself, he robbed a bank when he was 16 years old. And he got busted. And he ended up doing uh, five years in prison. And this is him kind of going back to that time. And trying to figure out what led him to rob a bank. Uh, he actually goes back and interviews some of the people that were at the bank that day. You know, that he held up. It was him and uh, two of his friends. There was a driver and a, a gunman with a uh, shotgun. Some of the people meet with him face to face. And he does, you know, sit down talking head style interviews. Uh, he does the same thing with his family members. And they kind of discuss, you know, him at that age and what his family was going through, and then also uh, former teachers and stuff. And then towards the end of the film, you find out that he was, uh, I think he went to NYU film school. So he interviews some of his teachers and stuff from there, which they had no idea that he was an ex-con. They didn't know anything until they saw the first trailers for his movie that he was working on. So, you know, they kind of get the reaction shots of them and how, you know, they're completely surprised and everything. And it is it is interesting. It's an engaging doc. Uh, the, but it's kind of, you know, straightforward. A lot of talking head stuff just interviews him interviewing people. And occasionally they do reenactments of, you know, what happened that day. But it seems like he spends entirely too much time on the actual robbery itself. Like, there's mm. is a, I mean, the amount of buildup leading to when they actually do it takes up a large chunk of the film. And it's not, I'm sorry, but it's not that compelling. Like, you rob a bank. A shit ton of people rob banks. And yours is fairly straightforward. You went in, asked for money, and you left. Mm-hmm. Like, we shouldn't be investing that much time in the actual robbery itself. I would have been far more interested in a lot of the, you know, the, dissection of why why this happened how it happened you know what happened from here on out how it affected him and his friends but he only slightly you know very briefly goes into it and it's very light what he does i mean there's the whole and they just kind of say in passing the gunman his friend didn't do any jail time for this he wasn't convicted it was just him and the driver did jail time but the gunman ended up doing jail time for drugs or something else so they didn't really say and it seems like it affected him greatly, but they don't really go into it at all. Hmm. So it's just kind of like surface level. Like, 
you, the only thing that you get from it, and it's not that much digging that needs to be done, is that his family was in, you know, dire straits financially. So he was like, I'm going to rob a bank. And that's what he does. Mm. So there's not, I mean, okay. You know, you don't have to dig that deep. Like, like I got it. And he never really goes any further than that. Mm. I was still interested in this one. This one played a bunch of festivals and stuff, but I just never got around to seeing I, it. To me, it's it's still a fairly well-made documentary, especially for a first-timer. And it, it's it's an interesting subject matter. I just wish he did more with it. It seems like he really missed an opportunity to really dig in there. Mm-hmm. And that's Evolution of a Criminal, playing on Netflix currently, so you can check that out. Uh, I'll, I'll mention one more. Welcome to Happiness, it's called. It's uh, This is playing at Dances with Films also. Um, and it's a, it's a it's a comedy. It's sort of a comedy, I guess you could... It's mostly a comedy, but it's... Uh, uh, I don't know how to describe it, really. Um, it's it's a Wes Anderson movie. I mean, that's that's... You know, we've we've seen this happening more recently where there's these kind of like Wes Anderson clones that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was that one that we saw with, with uh, Jason Bateman that was like really... Oh, the longest week. Yeah. Uh, this one, more so. More so. Uh, the music, the the camera work. They, they do a lot of those. You know how Wes Anderson will do the, um, the quick panning? You know, like he'll pan over to to the left and then back or whatever mm-hmm. like pill like swivel you know like swivel the camera over and then back they do that a ton in this they do the uh the the quick zooms where you know like they'll address somebody that's standing in the background or like up on the second level uh, like of a balcony or something and they'll quick zoom in on their on their face on their reaction yeah. i mean it's egregious it is a like <laughs> I mean, this is the most. Yeah, this is like the most Wes Anderson movie that's not directed by Wes Anderson. It's pretty <laughs> ridiculous. If you can get past that, um, also they do a lot of slow motion. There's two scenes that I can think of where they do the slow motion walk with the music playing. Oh uh, yeah. So if you can get past yeah. that, it, this movie's directed by uh, Oliver Thompson. It's. It's pretty interesting. I don't think you will like it necessarily, but it's got a lot of people in it. Nick Offerman's in there. Um, Olivia Thirlby's in there. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key is in there. And it's this weird fantasy-type movie about a... It's about a children's book author who lives in an apartment where he'll periodically get... uh, a piece of paper printed out from like an old dot matrix printer. And mm-hmm. on that piece of paper, there's going to be some information about a person. When that paper prints out, that person will knock on his door and he'll never have met this person before ever. All he knows is that they need help with something. There's something in their, in their life that they need help with. So uh-huh. what he, what he does is he asks, he asks them the questions that are on the paper. He gives them a rock and says, think of a color and they think of a color and another rock that's in this box will turn that color. If if it's that color, then he takes him to his closet and in his closet there's a tiny door, little little miniature tiny door. The door uh-huh. he leaves him alone, the door uh-huh. the door opens, they go through the door. Uh-huh. And then something happens when they go through the door that will change their lives forever. Okay. So, 
there is a bit of a you know kind of supernatural fantasy vibe to it mm-hmm. but the film's all about happiness and and about what makes us happy and the coincidences in our lives of things that that happen that we might consider a regret something that like you know uh for instance in the movie that there was a uh one of the characters his parents were like in a car accident and he was orphaned mm-hmm. and the ramifications of that happening and the the positives that could be taken away from that it was a tragic event but all of these great things happened because of that event so it plays a lot with the idea of coincidence and and it's all about uh finding what makes you happy and it's it's definitely not the type of a theme that i think that you would be into i think that you may find it a little bit sappy but yeah. the way that it's the way that it's presented it's not that it has its moments um but the it, it's a charming movie it's very much like uh, a Wes Anderson movie but the only problem I had with it the big problem is that it was too much like a Wes Anderson movie I mean it was it felt like a ripoff it felt like they were literally yeah. ripping off Wes Anderson and to me that was that was problematic because I thought gotcha. that I thought that it stood on its own as a decent movie but the Wes Anderson influence was just too much and maybe maybe that's just because Wes Anderson is is still like a working director you know, because I was thinking about it, and it's like Tarantino, for instance. Like, all of his movies, when you see his movies, they're like direct rip-offs of other movies. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, but it's, but it's kind of... But you give it a pass, you know? Because, yeah, because there's been enough time in between them. And also, the movies, a lot of the movies that he's ripping off aren't, you know, they're not that big. Right, right, right. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I had a problem with the fact that this was essentially a Wes Anderson clone. Yeah, it sounds like the issue's more on you, you know? Could be. Could be. Just fucking grow up. Get over it. Move on. Nick Offerman's great. And it, I like uh, the, the main guy, I believe it's Kyle Gellner. I've seen him in a ton of stuff. Um, and I always, I always like anything that he's in. Um so I would say, yeah, I, I recommend it. I'm, I just saw it last night, so I'm still kind of sitting with it. But as it stands now, if you can get past the whole Wes Anderson thing, I think that uh, you, you'll you'll find it to be enjoyable. It's it's certainly intriguing, you know, to see what what's behind the door and all of that stuff and figure out how all this stuff fits together and works. There's a ton of characters, and they're all kind of interconnected with each other. Yeah. So, again, welcome to happiness. Um, right now I'm going to say it's a, it's a light recommend, but I'm still kind of processing. Okay. All right. Let's move on and talk about some predictions. Last week, Entourage, you said 42, I said 51, actual 30. Yes. Spy, you said 56, I said 42, actual 95. Wow. I was not expecting yeah. that, but yeah. okay. Totally messed that one up. Yeah. Uh-huh. Insidious Chapter Three. You said twenty-eight. I said twenty-three. Actual fifty-nine. Wow. Yeah, I, that one seems. Uh, read, I read some decent reviews on that one. So. Yeah. We gave it a four out of ten. So Ernie, Ernie saw that one, and he was not into it. Mm. I'm actually not interested. I'm not either. Next week we have Jurassic World. Jurassic World. <sighs> I'm gonna. This is, this is big time right I'll here. I'll start it off and say 
this is going to be really tricky because this one could go either way. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot right down the middle. I'm gonna say 56. Oof. I'm gonna say 60. Uh, I'm gonna go 60. I don't know if there are any other wide release movies next week. Me or All in the Dying Girl comes out, but I'm not sure if it is wide release or not. We'll go ahead and predict it. Let's what are it. you thinking on this one? Uh, I'm gonna go 64. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say 70. You know what? I'm gonna say 82 on that one. Yeah, I'm gonna say 82. Oof. I think that one's gonna be. Look at you. That one's gonna be Look pretty you. well regarded. Look at you, Mr. Positive. In limited release next week, we have the Yes Men Are Revolting. Uh, I saw I saw that one. We should have a review for that one up. I've been slacking on writing that one. Yes, you have. Jeez. The Wolf Pack. Uh, nothing more to say. We I gushed about it numerous times previously. Madame Bovary, Set Fire to the Stars, Live from New York, I Am Here, and Vendetta. Okay. Right. Next week on VOD, probably a lot of the ones that I just mentioned, but let me go ahead and pull up the list. Pretty much all the ones that you mentioned. Uh, the Yes Men Are Revolting, The Eleventh Hour, Madame Bovary, and The Stranger. Uh and pull up my next oh. week on Blu-ray. Oh. Notice I'm not notice I'm not doing DVD anymore. Just mentioning the Blu-rays. But what about us people that don't have well, Blu-rays? You you can screw off. Oh jeez, dude. That's next harsh. week on Blu-ray we have the Duff Project Almanac, Kingsman Secret Service. Uh, now I heard good things about the Duff, so I'm I might actually check that out. I mean, I'm not gonna buy it, but. I might check it out. Yeah. If it's coming to Netflix, yeah, I might I might give it a watch. They probably will. Project Almanac looks pretty bad, so I'm not going to bother with that one. Kingsman Secret Service, that was good. I recommend checking that one out. You know, it wasn't amazing or anything, but I had a lot of fun with it. Red Army, yeah. that's a, the documentary about the uh, the hockey, the Soviet hockey team. I do recommend that one. Mm-hmm. That one's really good. Uh, okay. Serena, heard that's terrible. That's the one with um, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence. Um, next week we do have a collection of Pam Greer movies hitting Blu-ray, including Coffee, Foxy Brown, and Friday Foster. I have never seen Friday Foster, but I can, uh, say that Coffee and Foxy Brown are awesome. I've always been, uh, I've always had a preference towards Coffee over Foxy Brown, but they're both pretty much the same. (laughs) They're both, they're both (laughs) solid. Uh, Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 are getting a Scream Factory release. So it's they're being released individually. It's not like a double pack or anything. But since sleep since uh, Scream Factory already released the first one, I'm kind of hoping that they do a new box set because I'm a big I'm a big fan yeah. of the Sleepaway Camp series, and I'd like to see them put out a box set on on those. Society Arrow oh Society is getting a release on Arrow Films. Uh, I love Society. It's this really weird ninety nineties horror movie. I got it. I gotta check this it's one like out. It's like this. It's this really, really, insanely bizarre body horror movie, and yes, it. I highly recommend it. I love that it got a re-release on Arrow. Cover is awesome, so absolutely check that out. And FX, the movie FX, is getting a Blu-ray release finally, which I was. I was always a big. I was always a big fan of FX. I think that that's a really underrated 
action movie that nobody nobody seems to remember or talk about. And I liked <laughs> FX two as well. And in fact, I think I liked FX two more. So I'm gonna have to check that one out. I've never heard of this movie. Yeah, man. It's got Jerry. It's got Jerry Orbach yeah. in there. What? Brian Dennehy? Oh shit. Tom Noonan. Oh my god. I gotta yeah, check this one. Trust out. me. This it's looks an action amazing. movie about a guy who is he's like a special effects person. Dude, are you kidding me? That plotline sounds insane and perfect. Yeah, yep. It's awesome. It's an awesome movie. And he, he uses like his special effects gear to help him. That's amazing. Yeah, it's an awesome movie. Both of them. I love, I love the tagline for it. Special effects are his life, dot, 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 and his death, question mark? Yeah. Could be. Could Perhaps. Be. I mean, they made they made a Maybe. sequel, so it's not his death in the first one, at least. Oh, man. We're still wondering. We're still questioning if his special effects career could bring bring about his death. They need to remake that, actually. Any any criterions coming out next week? Uh, there are yeah, zero. All right. Well, I think... Th- I, like, I like how you said that. Like, yeah. Well, I knew, but I figured... I, That's what I thought. I knew, but I figured I'd... Uh, since you're the Criterion guy, I'd leave it up to you to deliver that terrible news. Right. Oh. I don't Anytime. know. What's, I don't know who's releasing those Pam Greer release uh, movies, but uh, maybe check those out. I would. I'm planning on picking up Society, and I, I rarely ever buy Blu-rays anymore. But I'm gonna get. I'm actually gonna buy that one. So. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that's gonna wrap it up for the week. Send us your questions to podcastfilmpulse.net. Uh, follow us on Twitter at FilmPulseNet and at FilmPulseKevin. And consider subscribing to our Patreon page, $1 per month. Or or you could probably pay like 50 a month. That'd be awesome too. I would do like 20000 a month. What are you going to do that mo- with that money anyway? Well, I'll tell you, 20000 a month. We could, we would be able to do a lot. Like, I don't know what, what donors would be able to do with 20,000 a month, but we would, we would be able to produce the most amazing podcast ever that we, we would get, man, we would have, I think we would hire like a band. I would, yeah, we would have, we would have a house band. I would travel to PA every week to do the podcast in person. So we we wouldn't have to deal with Skype anymore. It'd be, it'd be amazing. So check, check it out that patreon page patreon.com slash film pulse i think that that'll do it for kevin rakestraw my name's adam patterson we'll see you on thursday for ryan watches a movie i'm very curious as to what kinds of noises ryan has been making oh my god it's out of control (laughs) the noises.